Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You damn right. Hope everybody's having a good Thursday. March is almost done. That means the final four is just a little bit closer. We'll start getting into that a little bit today. Football is always on our brain around here. Longhorn fans, how about 16 days until the spring game? NFL freaks, it's 28 days until the draft. And I found a seven-round mock draft we're going to nerd into here in just a few minutes. And the first Longhorn game, it's not that far away, 156 days from now. Texas cranks it up with Steve Sarkeesian with the new haircutted Quinn Ewers, all those receivers. And you hope, if you're a Longhorn fan, some blocking and tackling that will make you think that that conference that's coming up, yeah, that you'll be ready for that. A lot going on on this Thursday. It's Chad and Zay. I'm Chad Hastings, joined once again by Isaiah Collier. He's getting ready for the Final Four, even though his team is not in it. What's up, Zay? What up, Chad? Or as the Detroit people say, what up, though? What up, though? What up, though? Oh. Like D-O-E. Like what a, up, though? What up, though? No. <laughs> D-O-E? Is that just a generic term? What up, though? Oh, man. Yo, people were getting on you for saying Meek Mill yesterday. Were you saying Meek, like, meal? Like, it's food, meek, dinner? It, no, no, it's Meek Mill, right? Like, mill, mill. like a meal at, yeah. at the old mill? Yes, that's what it was. Okay, my bad. If uh, I was saying Meek Meal, yeah, I didn't mean to Yeah, I think they were that. just trying meek. to roast you because, okay. you know, you're a little corny sometimes. That's I, all right. I appreciate you saying a little. <laughs> just thank, a little bit? Thank you. Me, okay, Meek Mill. Got to go mill on Yeah. Me. Yeah, right. I, I didn't hear a difference so you good with me that's how i wrote it when i wrote it down about him and robert Kraft and lamar jackson uh i wrote meek mill i may have said meal and i apologize for that so i'll get my vowel correct there we do not have that interesting a story about lamar jackson today we do have one that we're going to start with it's just that with all due respect this former nfl player is not quite as cool sounding as when you say that Meek Mill went to Robert Kraft and said that Lamar Jackson needs to be a Patriot. It's not quite that cool of a story. But we'll get into that, some NFL stuff here. We'll get into some NBA drama at 1230 because it's there all the time. It is there all the time. We got some people mouthing off in the NBA. Kyrie Irving is probably taking it even farther than maybe some Mavs fans had uh had dreaded that he would. Kevin Durant was back last night for Phoenix. Uh, a lot of stuff going on there. We'll get our uh, normal visits at 105 with Jeff Howe. One more visit with Brandon Lang. Start digging into the Final Four with him. Our last visit with Brandon before football season. That's coming up. The Flex segment has an interesting uh, update today. We got the album swap discussion coming up at 2.30. I can't wait to hear what Zay thought of Back in Black by ACDC. And I'm going to hit the Iron Man album from Ghostface. Killer, that's at 2.30. So we got a lot to do. Let's jump right into it. 
Uh, Zay, you are the one that brought this one to my attention. If we could, I'd like to have a weird Lamar Jackson story every day until he signs somewhere. Every day until this is figured out. I need a strange Lamar Jackson story. So yesterday, it was the Meek Mill story. Today, we get one. We get a weird Bill Belichick being thrown under the bus story by a former player. This one kind of surprised me. Yeah, it is a little surprising, especially when you go to war with a franchise and you're somebody like Asante Samuel who went to war with those guys in New England during the glory days. Like He has some titles under his belt. I know you reminded me of him mucking up that interception. Yeah, I'm pretty and, sure that was Asante, where if he catches yeah. that one pass and everything else stayed the same, Brady'd have eight today because I think that was the first one that the Giants won. All he has to do is pick it off. They kill the clock. Well, a lot of us are thanking Asante Samuel for that because <laughs> eight for Brady, good grief. Oh, my God, can you imagine? Yo, Jane Fonda will be losing her mind. That's an <laughs> awful movie, by the way. Uh, um, you saw it? No, I'm just saying that's an awful movie. Oh, how dare you insinuate it's, it's, it's an awful oh, come movie. Come on. Come on. All those, all that high-power acting talent, you don't know that's a bad movie for sure, do you? Like Gronk and Jane Fonda, like, you know, flirting and stuff. How cheesy can we be? Let's be a little bit more original. All right. You know, anyways, Asante Samuel, he just flat out said on Twitter with this whole Meek Mill, Robert Kraft thing, and Robert Kraft saying it's Bill Belichick's decision if we go after Lamar Jackson or not. We do have a quarterback that we like a little bit. He is a little odd, that Mac Jones, but we like him enough especially on this rookie contract. We really like him with what Lamar Jackson's asking for. So Sante Samuel, for, former cornerback, not the son, got to say senior, right. Sante Samuel Sr., he just flat out said on Twitter, Lamar Jackson, my brother, trust me, you don't want to play for Belichick. Wow. Just like that. <laughs> Come on, Sante. Just like that. And look, we get it. Bill Belichick, he could be a stick up the butt. He could be a little stiffler. He's not the coolest guy, but he wins. Now, a lot of people will say if he didn't have Tom Brady, how good would he have been? You always need players to be a good coach at the end of the day. Uh But still, Bill Belichick, he knows what he's doing a little bit. And do I think that would fit? Absolutely not. And I think that's where Asante Samuel's getting. Like, yo, Lamar Jackson, you won't be able to be you. And... We know Bill Belichick and just how New England Patriot way, like my way or the highway. Mm-hmm. Remember, like, they turned Randy Moss out. They low-key got Randy Moss the ESPN job. Like, talk about polish. Think about the Randy Moss before he went to New England. <laughs> Completely changed. That's fair. Completely changed. And that was a hell of a season they put together, Oh, too. hell of a season. That's the one we're talking about where they almost yeah, finished Randy it Yeah, Randy Moss perfect. was fake mooning in uh, uh, Minnesota against Lambeau Field and stuff. Uh-huh. Randy Moss was wildin'. Wildin'. Went to New England. Completely different person. So it's not that bad. It's just some guys, they don't want to change that much. Some guys are too prideful to go about that and they don't want to swallow their pride for the greater good. Maybe they think they're the greater good. Obviously Lamar Jackson thinks very highly of himself. Sure. This is why we're here still talking about him. But if you want to win, we're just talking about a winning standpoint. If you're Lamar Jackson, why wouldn't you want to go play in new England and be coached by a guy who coached the greatest quarterback of all time? Cause don't you want to strive for that Lamar? So I'm not, if I'm Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson, I'm not going back at Asante Samuel via Twitter, but I might hit him up on a text like, look, bro, 
you know the situation I'm in. I appreciate what you're saying, but if that were to happen, hey, we'll see. If they pay me the right amount that I'm asking for, well, you know, I'll t- maybe I'll take it, but I just can't see that happening. Between Lamar, his mother, uh, Meek Mill, whoever it is, everybody needs to not comment on that because he need he's finding out pretty quickly that there's not a lot of interest. So you're really telling me that if Bill Belichick and the Patriots were interested, he wouldn't be? That's crazy. That's crazy. But the issue there is, you've said it yesterday, are the Patriots willing to spend the money he wants to have spent? And oh, by the way, what else do they have to do other than spend the money? They have to send two first-round draft picks to John Harbaugh. Do you really think Bill Belichick wants to do that? Nah. Because he has to. Otherwise, he would have to do it that way. And the only way that part changes would be if Baltimore signs him, if they get into a discussion about, you know, once we get past, say, July 15th, 17th, or whatever, and they don't, if they don't, you know, get a long term deal done, you sign him to a long term deal. Then he wouldn't sign the franchise tag. Then all that first round draft pick stuff, that would go away. You get your own deal together. Then you could call up other teams and figure out some kind of trade. Like you're signing him, but then you'd have to get them agree get them to agree to trade. But yeah, that uh, it is weird that we've had two two straight stories now uh, with New England. Uh, you know, and, and what they might want to do here. If you're a Patriots fan, do you want to go Mac Jones and give that a try? Continue to give that a try, or would you consider Lamar Jackson? Because they just watched. The weird thing where Cam Newton was kind of hanging out for a little bit, but it's a very different story than what Lamar Jackson would obviously bring. Because Cam would have been MVP, but way back MVP and banged up, bad shoulder MVP. Right. Lamar's just the guy that, like you've talked about, we've both talked about it, where those NFL windows just don't get hit every time they need to get hit. That's the thing with Lamar. They just need to, and he's been pretty good if not really good at times, from inside the pocket. He's been a pretty good pocket passer. It would just need to be tweaked up a little bit. Belichick and that crew could do a hell of a job with him. Yeah, absolutely. But the thing with Cam Newton, when New England got him, he was worth and got paid what he was worth then. All the money that Lamar Jackson's asking for with the risk, you hear Arthur Blank talking about it, Like he knows more than just wood and hammers. The man was speaking that knowledge when he <laughs> said, there's a risk with Lamar Jackson. He's been hurt these last two years, and now he wants all this guaranteed money. Yeah. And, yeah, Lamar Jackson, he went back and reneged to say, I don't want all that guaranteed money like Deshaun, but there is a certain amount that I want. And now a lot of teams are just disinterested, plus talking to him straight up, like not dealing with the agent like you should be dealing with. It's just a big mess. And, hey, I think that he's just going to end up being on the tag with the Ravens, and he's going to have to figure out, does he want to stick in Baltimore and play under the tag and have to see those same faces that he's seen people who – That he's been kind of ripping on. Yeah, he's been or, ripping yeah. on. Well, he's, people that he feels like – Yeah, he said goodbye to him too. Yeah, That's straight up. Thing. How petty is that? He has basically pinned his goodbye letter. The city? By, to the city. Yeah, by Ravens Nation, by whatever it is, right? You guys have been great. It's been awesome. He's doing the farewell wave, and then he's turning, and there's not anything there right now. So he's basically saying, I'm going to go Le'Veon Bell if nothing happens. If I don't get traded and I'm not on another team – I'm not coming back to Baltimore. I guess. I guess so. And then, you know, at the end of that run, 
like we saw with Le'Veon Bell, he does, I believe, become a free agent at that point, but then there's a long time you're out, and it did not work out the way Le'Veon Bell probably thought it would work. So we'll keep our eyes, obviously, on that story. Uh, but right now, and, and by the way, no official interest from the Patriots. It's just people running. Oh their, yeah, people just talking. People just running their mouths on the side. You got a rapper talking about how Lamar might fit, and now you got a former player saying, "Oh, you don't want to play for Belichick." What got Samuel to do that? Who knows? Two-time Super Bowl champ with the Patriots. Made your name with that team, and for some reason. And he's not the first one. There have been some other guys at times that will take little shots at Belichick here and there. And, oh, no, you don't want to be that. No, you don't want that. Here's the other name to throw in, Zay, because I tried to remind myself, who's the offensive coordinator again in New England? It's Bill O'Brien. That full circle deal is coming back around. Uh, if I am not mistaken here, yeah, from January of 23, right? He is going to be the offensive coordinator slash quarterbacks coach. So it would be Bill O'Brien trying to figure that out. Does he want to ride with Mac Jones or would he actually think, well, I don't know, maybe we could figure something out. But it's too expensive. It's too expensive. That team does not spend money that way. Oh, that's I cheap. Can't, I can't imagine Bill Belichick even entertaining the idea. Yeah, yeah, you know – do you think if this was Hove instead of Meek Mill, <laughs> Bill Belichick would consider it more? Are you asking me if Bill's more of a <laughs> yeah. Jay-Z guy? Yeah, yeah, I'm just saying. Well, I mean, oh, Jay-Z God. has a different, you know, presence than Meek. I like Meek as a rapper, but he ain't Hove. I've always, uh, I've always been a little more of a Rock Nation guy. So, uh, yeah, let's consider that. Yeah. Is, is Jay on the phone? I love him. I really love him. Blueprint 3, better than people think. Better than people think. Blueprint 3 is good, Bill. There's some catchy stuff on Blueprint Blueprint 3. Blueprint 3 is good. Catchy stuff. Uh, Yeah, so I would not expect that to happen for sure, but we'll keep our eyes on that. Also in the NFL, if you are a super nerd like me, Zay, would you consider yourself a super NFL draft nerd? Do you get way into this stuff, or do you? I'll get into it. There's more nerdier than me, though. Okay, that's good to know. That's good. Have your boundaries. Don't go too far. But I found a seven-round mock draft (laughs) at ESPN. This time of year when we get to, what is it, 28 days, yes, I write it down, until the draft, then the first time I see a seven-round mock, a special shiver runs up and down my spine. I get so excited about it. So in this seven-round mock, uh, I thought I would throw out some ideas that they have here. If I was a Texans fan, I'd be pretty excited, Zay. How about Bryce Young at two, Jackson Smith and Jigba at 12, and with the 203rd pick, Deuce Vaughn. Okay. How about that? I like that. Deep into the draft in the 200s, Deuce Vaughn. Those are the three names that jumped out to me. Uh, it also has them getting you know some different positions. I won't go through every single thing, but an offensive lineman from Ohio State, an O-lineman from USC, uh, the last guy. They have him taking Mr. Irrelevant, an edge guy from Florida, uh, at 259. That apparently is how many picks we'll have this year. But more and more, Zay, at the very top, I am seeing people mocking – uh, C.J. Stroud to Carolina. I'm wondering if it could it be a smokescreen. Could it just be that they want to throw that out there? But it, maybe Carolina is letting people know, and Frank Reich is letting people know that's where he's leaning. Because I'm seeing more and more of Bryce Young to Houston. Yeah, um, it's interesting. You go back and think of what would have happened if Lovey Smith didn't win that last game and they would have got the number one pick. What does Houston really want? Because in my eyes, Bryce... Young is 1B, 
Like I'd take both. I don't think, you know, yeah. you couldn't I go lose, wrong. You couldn't go wrong yeah. at all. You I wouldn't lose any sleep if CJ Stroud ended up in Carolina if I'm a Houston Texas fan. Uh Texans fan. Now we know the risk with Bryce Young. He's tiny. Yeah. He is a small you brother. Are, you're gonna need an offensive line. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. If I got Bryce Young, I would almost treat it like the Saints did with Drew Brees. I think of it that way. Drew Brees was not an imposing figure at quarterback. No. He was on the shorter side of things at quarterback. Not quite as small and short maybe as what we'll, they'll deal with with Young. Drew was so good at like knowing, okay, this is going to be a sack. I'm going down. Yeah. Like he never took clean shots. And Bryce will need to do that as well. And from what I'm recalling at Bama – I don't ever remember him taking those Tua shots. No, we say, too many of them. Now we say Drew didn't take. We he never took shots. Yet teams were scared to get him because of his shoulder injury from taking the shot. That's true. That is so true. So it, it That's took true. a while to figure it yeah. out. Like, okay, I need to change my approach of how I play because at this size, I might not last. We saw yeah. the shoulder injury, and yeah, the Saints really did a really good job of protecting him, but. Yeah, C.J. Stroud, both of those guys, like, C.J. Stroud has such a good head on his shoulders, and he's cool off the field. Like, he's cool enough. Like, he doesn't have that Kyler Murray, just an a-hole vibe. Like, remember watching Hard Knocks and Kyler Murray's chilling with the boys and stuff, and just there, he's trying to give them tips and be like, you can't be scared, this and that. Like, I'm never scared. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, it's not very encouraging from your quarterback. You're right. not going to worry about that with C.J. Stroud yep, no, at I, all. I but agree. then you'd be like, yo, CJ, come to the club, come to Vegas with us. And he'd be that dude that would come to Vegas, but also be like, you know what, I'm going to go to bed early. Like, he's that right. he's that type of dude. Like, he gives you just a, a, enough of cool where you're like, okay, everybody can relate to that in the locker room, yeah. but then he also makes the front office comfortable by how mature he is and knowing that he's going to be a franchise quarterback. Like, he's been poised – going to Ohio State, which all they do is put out pros. He's been poised to be a franchise quarterback. So I'm excited to see what he does. I think his arm's good enough. We saw his legs in the semi game against Georgia. Mm -hmm. That's good enough. That's always been a question mark about him. Is he athletic enough like some other guys to, you know, be a top – tier one quarterback and I think he is but just like every QB you're gonna have to put weapons around him he's gonna have to good have a good offensive coordinator and if he has that then sky's the limit so if you're a Cowboys fan I'll give you the good news bad news good news this seven round mock has the Cowboys taking an interior defensive lineman a running back and a tight end that's the good news the bad news is I don't know if you've heard any of these names so Kalijah Cansey the kid out of Pitt that's the defensive lineman. Zach Charbonnet at the 90th pick, that's the running back. So they're taking the pit dude, 26? Correct. That's what it says? At 26. Wow. Correct. Charbonnet at 90 from UCLA. And Brenton Strange, the tight end from Penn State, with the 129th pick. They got an offensive lineman from TCU going 58th. That's because in this particular mock, they've got Bijan Robinson. As we get to the Longhorns, Bijan going 21st. To the Chargers. So remember, we had that mock draft a couple days ago where Bijan, the Cowboys got Bijan, but they traded up to 19 to get him. So watch that Charger pick, Cowboys fans. 21, Austin Eckler asking for a trade, and there's thought of, well, maybe you pair up. At that moment, some people would tell you, well, Bijan's the best guy right there. At 21, if he's still there, isn't that the best player the Chargers could get? Pair him up with Herbert, 
and those receivers that they already have might be an interesting football team. So watch out for that. Uh, so Zay Bijan at 21, and then they've got the other four Longhorns that went to Indy all getting drafted. So uh, And all these would be third-day guys. Coburn, third round to Cleveland. Uh, Overshone, fourth round to Cleveland. All right. Be on the same team. The next pick after Overshone, they had Ojimo go into the Jets in the fourth round. And then how about this for value? Fourth round, Roshan Johnson, Kansas City. Whoa. If you want to slip, that's how to slip. Roshan Johnson, if you are out there, I think you could live with that type of slip. If you end up slipping to that third day, maybe some people think he's more of a third-round guy. Maybe some people think, ooh, what about second round with Roshan? He's so talented and could do so many things. But if he ends up with a team like Kansas City, Zay, oh, Andy Reid will figure out how to use Roshan Johnson. Yeah. Absolutely, and he's going to be a steal, whatever team he's on. Just talked about C.J. Stroud and his maturity. Roshan Johnson just being the leader for the Longhorns this past 2022 season. You you could tell he's going to be a pro, and he's going to be a straight-up professional, whatever locker room he goes in. You're not going to have to worry about him off the field. But on the field, though, the reason why he's getting drafted this way is because he didn't have the reps. Yep. That's it. I I think you're right. And And I'll, I'll throw this name out. We've been talking about him lately. He clearly doesn't have the production at Texas that this guy had. I think he could end up being like a poor man's Priest Holmes, where once he gets there and you start to see him in an NFL set, you go, wait, where'd this guy go to college? What's go-? And then with him, unlike Priest, you won't be able to look back and find big-time tape. There's big-time Priest Holmes tape at Texas. For sure. It's not going to exist the same way with Rojo, but I think then you could look back and go, oh, my God, look at this talent. And then he becomes what Priest was. Productive, maybe not at that level, but productive and a great guy in the locker room, and you never have to worry about it. Yo, they got Isaiah Pacheco in the seventh round, <sighs> and he looked like a pro bowler big, at the end of the season. Yeah, that big bulldog can run. Straight up. Yeah. And I think they're kind of over the Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Like, I think they're over that, and they're done with it. Mm-hmm. They're seeing what's next. And if Roshan Johnson's there, yeah. again, that, that'll be a flat-out steal. That is fascinating. So if you want to waste a lot of time, there are seven-round mock drafts out there. I'm just warning you now. Uh, try not to blame me if you get in there, but it would be my fault if you go down that rabbit hole. I did today as well, looking at who everybody's got. So we'll go over that maybe a little bit, but just know it's out there 28 days away from the NFL draft. We'll also hit some basketball coming up. Last night, Kevin Durant finally in Phoenix, in the Phoenix Uni at home, didn't get hurt in warm-ups, played the game. We'll talk about that. Mavs lose again, and Rudy Gobert is going off about something. We'll tell you what it is coming up. On the horn. Chad and Zay. I'm an Indian outlaw, half Cherokee and Choctaw. My baby, she's a Chippewa. She's a one of a Oh, dear Lord. <sighs> you think he can still perform this? <laughs> I do not know. If he substitute, you know, and says, Guardian Outlaw. I will never forget when this song came out. Based on what's come out since then, it does feel a little different today. But uh, this would be early, early Tim McGraw. Real early. 
Well, we're back in the early to mid-90s here, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Tim McGraw with, and it's called Indian Outlaw, right? Yep. That's the name of the song? That's the name of the song. Yeah, they haven't gone after this one yet. That's amazing. <laughs> I was talking to somebody the other day, and they said the word, they just said paintbrush. Oh, I love the paintbrush right now. That looks so pretty. And I thought, wow, have we oh, just- Oh, for the- For the flower. The flower, yeah. Have we just completely taken that out? Like, it's just, you can't say it? Okay. I mean, some people are offended. I don't know, yeah. Um, like so, you got to say crisscross applesauce instead of sitting, you know. Right. You can't say Indian style. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, I know. That's how we grew up. But, yeah, you can't uh, can't say that anymore. Tim McGraw gets us start old school. Tim, That's like, don't take the girl. Tim McGraw. That's way back Tim McGraw. Way before Taylor Swift was writing a song about him. Uh, so Tim gets us started today. Wait, hold up. Taylor Swift and Tim McGraw dated? No, no, not dated. She wrote a song about him. That not because they dated. Okay. She wrote, she wrote a song called Tim McGraw. Okay. And, and it's about a dating situation she went through, a relationship that she was going through. It just references him. I'm about to say, Tim, no, no, that no. could be your daughter. You're no, no, wildin'. No. Nothing like that. And she had a famous moment on an award show where she sang the song, walked up to Tim and Faith, and introduced herself and said, "Hi, my, hi, I'm Taylor." <laughs> It was that's cute. It was a bizarre country moment. Let me tell you what. When yo, I when I realized, hey, I'm old enough where Tim McGraw is an elder statesman of country music. Yo, it always breaks my heart in Friday Night Lights when Tim McGraw, which he kills that role by the way, when he throws the ring outside the car, the state championship ring. Oh yeah, you wanted to go get it, didn't you? Yep, that's a tough scene. <laughs> that's a tough scene, man. They call that acting. Yeah, that's, that's big time. Yeah, acting. he acted his ass off. Yeah. <laughs> Busting the doors. Somebody said, I can smell the smoke in the bar now. You just took them back. You just took them back. Playing a little uh, old Tim McGraw for him. We got more music coming later on. 2.30 today, we'll do our album swap discussion. Back in Black from ACDC and Iron Man from Ghost Face Killer. At 2.05, we had to move that discussion because we got one more visit with Brandon Lang today. What does he think of the Final Four? Is anybody going to stop UConn? Uh, or does he like somebody in that other matchup? Maybe he pick an FAU to win it all. We'll see. Uh, and Jeff Howe at 105, talk some Longhorn football and basketball. Right now, speaking of basketball, we're going to get into some NBA stuff um, real quick here. Kevin Durant back with Phoenix last night. Zay, it was good to see. He's back. Uh, you know, He was back in his first home game. It might not be good to see if you're a fan of anybody else in the West because that team is weirdly dangerous even when he's not great. So what happens when he knocks the rust off? That's the thing. That's why they made that trade for him. Even though they went to the NBA Finals a couple of years ago and lost to the Bucks, they know that Chris Paul, he ain't getting any younger, and he can no longer be that number two guy. So even though Mikel Bridges is a good player and Cameron Johnson's a good player, they made a hell of a move by getting Kevin Durant, even at age 34. And now Devin Booker, he goes from that number one guy that everybody pays attention to to the number two guy oh that God. just happens to have the second best defender on him, which the second best defender usually ain't trying to defend. Dude. So, so KD, yeah, like you said, even if he has a tough night, he's getting so much attention drawn to him. Guys like Devin Booker and Chris Paul, they're going to get open looks. He's creating so much space for other guys. It's like when you have a little kid that loves to go to the park and all they do is run full speed when they get there. That's Devin Booker right now. He's got all this space that wasn't there. And this is a crazy stat that I saw. Since Kevin Durant became a Phoenix Sun, 
Devin Booker's averaging 34 mm-hmm. a game when they're playing together. So you think it's because of KD. I think it's because of Bad Bunny. Let's <laughs> not get it twisted. Is that it? Y'all, yo, Book's a dog. He's a petty dude. You remember, he's one of Kobe's disciples. He's one of those dudes right. that, like, looked up to him. He has that killer instinct in him. And Bad Bunny, one of the biggest sensations in music right now, going out dissing him, talking in Spanish, like, it's hotter than Puerto Rico than it is yeah. in Phoenix. She know that. Yeah, Kendall, he, Kendall Jenner, you right, know how He's big dogging she him is. out because he's yeah. with Jenner now. And, okay, okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. I, I can't fight you. But I could take my anger out on the rest of the league. Yeah, right. yeah. So yeah, KD it helps. But book, this is a dude that dropped seventy at twenty years old. Like he's got that dog in him. And now the West being as open as it is, and KD being back, he knows the opportunity. They are really, really impressive. Eight turnovers for them as a team. They forced twenty-one from Minnesota last night. Durant didn't score till the second half. Ends up with sixteen. But they are just a clean machine when he's out there. And I'd forgotten. It's been a while since I've seen him play. Kevin Durant makes basketball look so simple. It's a joke, he ain't it? Just makes it look easy. This is the biggest compliment I can give him as a tennis freak. He reminds me of Federer when he plays. That's how Federer made tennis look and makes tennis look. Makes it look simple. It's not simple. It's not easy. Kevin Durant, everything he can do, the ball handling, the vision, the passing, setting other guys up when he needs to. Yeah, just watching last night with the space that Booker and Paul are provided because everybody has to pay attention to 35. That is a dangerous-ass team when he wakes up. When he really wakes Because we know in any given night, Kevin could pour in 40-45. Right. So if he does that... And Booker's still playing well. I don't know what you do with him. Like, at this point of his career, he understands that it's very rare that you block his shot. you got to kind of come from the side behind him to do it. That's the only time right. I've ever seen it blocked. But if, if he you're sees right you, of, you're not blocking Yeah, if he sees you, you're not right. blocking it. So, back in his OKC days... His highlights were crazy because he was doing a lot of crossovers and just showing every ounce of his offensive repertoire. Mm-hmm. And now that he's older, being 34 and stuff, and he has these injuries, it's just he's so much smarter. So he's not going to waste a lot of energy and movements. He's not going to do all those three crossovers and a whole bunch of step backs. He's going to do mm-hmm. one move, get to his spot, and then shoot a fadeaway right over the top that no one could guard, yeah. nobody. And he's like, okay, you saw that before. Now I'm going to do it to the right. Okay, now you're looking at that. I'm just going to shoot straight over the top from the three-point line and get in the post and shoot off that one foot. He just, all of his moves that are hard as hell, like you said, he makes it look so easy. And when he's in his bag, it's it's thick. It's yeah. like you can't find the keys. It's that thick type back stuff. Like it's yeah. crazy. He gets so low on his crossovers. Like nobody's seven foot should be that low on a crossover ever. That's not. That's not a right. thing. Yeah. And he does it better than anybody I've ever seen at that size. So he's got two rings with Golden State, correct? Correct. Okay, at least one of those rings, I felt like he needed credit as the leader because he did. They don't win it without him. I know some of the NBA fans don't want to give him that credit. So yeah. let, let's assume, let's say those are Steph and that crew, and he just rode along. If he gets one with this Phoenix team, does he get credit for being the leader? Yeah, I don't, I don't think Will he, he gets get credit, credit for, for being, being the one. I don't think he gets credit for being the leader. I think we. If you watch this team, you know it's Devin Booker's team. Right. And he just got on. But 
with the injuries that he's had and barely coming back, if he gets this ring, it will be his biggest accomplishment. Okay. All the MVPs, the All-Stars, going yeah. to the Olympics, winning the rings with Golden State, it would be his biggest accomplishment <sighs> winning it with the Suns, who he's barely played with, who he's barely developed the chemistry with. They are fun to watch, man. Uh, what was not fun to watch last night for me as a Mavs fan was the Mavs losing again. I, I don't love the matchup with Philly to start with, but they lose. Kyrie Irving did refer to them as a cluster F. Uh, he actually kind of did. He said a, the f bomb too. He did. Oh man. He kind of did it in a playful way, but it was one of those things of we shouldn't be surprised. This is kind of where you thought it might go. Coming up in the crap bag, I'll give you a number to tell you it's even worse than you may think uh, with the Mavs. But they did lose last night. Also, Zay, real quick, back to this Phoenix Minnesota game because we get a little soap opera out of it. Rudy Gobert from the other side of that game is lashing out at the entire league. Yeah, Rudy Gobert had some interesting words to say after that Suns game where they lost 107 to 100. He said, It's hard for me to think they're not trying to help the Suns win tonight. It's hard for me to think they didn't try to help the Warriors win the other night or Sacramento Kings the other night. It's just so obvious. As a basketball player that's been in this league for so long, it's disrespectful. Rudy goes on to say, It's BS. It's BS. He doesn't say BS. I'm just trying to get kicked off the air. Yep. It's not fair. It's really not fair. We understand that we're not the biggest of markets, and we're a team that I think you want to see KD in the playoffs, Steph in the playoffs. You want to see LeBron in the playoffs. Timberwolves are not there yet. We got to keep putting our head down, keep playing through that, and it's frustrating for sure, especially for me. So one of the things you immediately look at in a game when they do that, when they complain, I immediately go to free throws. As a team, Phoenix got 27. Minnesota got 12. Devin Booker shot 15. Who's the best player for Minnesota? Towns? Um, I would say Anthony Edwards. If Minnesota wants to be good, it has to be Carl Anthony Towns, but he just got back from an injury, so I would say Edwards, All I right. guess. You know what? Let's do both. Towns okay. and Edwards combined had five free throws. Combined. For yeah. five attempts, and Booker had 15. So... Every you tell me if I'm wrong. When I hear guys complaining about that stuff, when they're talking about are they doing this, are they doing that, I immediately go to free throws. Normally, there's a free throw disparity that explains it. Well, obviously, Rudy Gobert doesn't care about taking the vacation in the summer because he's about to get fined that money that he was going to spend on that vacation. <laughs> yes, he That's is. That's for sure. Yes. You know, Chad, we know that superstars are going to get favorable calls. It's been happening since Bob Cousy and the Bill Russell days. It's just what it is. You know, superstars are going to get calls. Yeah. They have more superstars than you do. Like Rudy Gobert knows. He like he I, when he says, especially for me, somebody that's been in the league this long. In his mind, he's thinking he's like that. He should be on that level. Like he should get that respect as a three-time defensive player of the year. He should get that respect like the other guys. Like okay, even though I'm on the Timberwolves. I should be getting, or our team should be getting those calls like the Suns, like the Warriors, right. like the Lakers. And Rudy, took, that's you're not. That's not the case. Yeah, he only took two free throws in yeah, 35 Rudy, minutes. Rudy, but you're damn right, he's not, sure ain't that. He's not that guy. Neither is Carl Anthony Towns. Neither is Anthony yeah. Edwards. Anthony Edwards can be that, but I've I watched Anthony Edwards a lot, and I think he settles a ton. 
like just taking jump shots where he can maybe get to the basket. And I also understand it's a two game season. So you better be hitting that jump shot. Not everybody could be D Wade and drive and fall and get up. And you saw D Wade's career. He was in and out the lineup a lot and sore a lot and injured and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you got to take what you could get, but still Rudy Gobert, you ain't no superstar. Superstar guys get fouls. Is it fair? Not really, but deal with it that's all i was like we talked about mj changing calls like making guys change calls i'm saying that's bs blah blah really michael really you're right whistle pop. Mm -hmm. flip it yeah just like that like superstars are always gonna get calls and hopefully in the playoffs you won't see those types of things yeah whole, as ho much hopefully not hopefully that will not be the case uh interesting game last night there with Phoenix and Minnesota producing a lot of uh, a lot of angles we'll keep watching the NBA as we head towards the playoffs up next in the crap bag there is only one team left that can win the national title according to those nerdy numbers I'll remind you who that is plus if you're a Mavs fan like me apparently it's way worse than we thought it was going to be this is the horn Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Chad and Zay. Sounds like I should know it. You got a name? What's the name of the song? Take a bite. <laughs> Take a bite. Um. Uh, I don't have it, so I'm gonna throw out a weird guess. Hanoi Rocks. I have no idea. Alley Crap. Alley Cat Scratch. Alley Cat Scratch. Yeah. Didn't know that was a thing. Alley Cat Scratch. Sounds like a band that might appreciate poison. They look like vampires. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Alley Cat Scratch. Uh, maybe one where I go back into the meeting. Okay, let's double check this name. Really, we want to go with Alley Cat Scratch? In fact, Alley Cat's better. Get rid of the word scratch. Why would you put... <laughs> right? Why would you put the word scratch in your name? That doesn't make any sense. Uh, Alley Cat Scratch and Tim McGraw get us started today. Now that is a good mix to get going. Later on, speaking of a good mix, we'll talk some ACDC and Ghostface Killer at 2.30 in the album swap discussion. Plus, I think I've got the album Zay's going to need to listen to next week, and he says he may have the album ready for me, too. So we'll see which Wu-Tang Clan album I'll be listening to next week. Nah, we're done with Wu-Tang. What? My Wu-Tang education is stopping for a little bit? Yeah, it's been real. Okay. It has. I've appreciated it. I feel like I know a lot more. I'm a little more Wu-Tang, uh, you know, competent than I used to be. Yeah, feeling like a killer bee. I don't know if I'll go that far. Okay. 
Uh, Because we know when I try to sound like I know what I'm talking about, I don't. So I'm just going (laughs) to hold off on that. But we'll get into some good musical stuff later. Jeff Howe is coming up at 105. Jeff, by the end of Light the Tower was encouraging everybody to send pictures of dead animals that they had killed uh, or seen killed you know, in the, uh, on vacation or in their yards or whatever. So we walked in here to pictures of dead rattlesnakes. Uh, apparently there's a, there was an alligator gar discussion and an alligator discussion today. So we may get a little bit of that at 105. Jeff was, uh, was fascinated by all that. So mm-hmm. shout out to all those of you that... Uh, we're, you know, we're sending weird pictures earlier. All right, let's get into the crap bag real quick. We'll talk some Final Four, and the news for the Mavericks is even worse than you thought. Chad's crap bag. Crap bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just think of a bag of crap. Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. Before I get to that holy hell Mav stat, let me get to another stat. I talked about it uh, right before we got into the tournament. There was this big group of, this big nerdy thing that ESPN.com threw out. For the last seven years in a row, they've thrown out this list and said, okay, here are the eight teams they can win the national title. They take out ineligible teams. They take out what they called near misses, which included Texas and a lot of other teams. They took out no clear path, teams that just really didn't have a shot to get through in their opinion. They broke it all down and give you eight teams. Since 2016, they have been right seven years in a row that one of those eight teams wins the title. Here are the eight teams from this year. Alabama, Houston, Kansas, Marquette, Purdue, Tennessee, UCLA, and uh uh yeah, there's one. Yukon. Yukon's mm. still in there, Zay. That's the one. If they're gonna get their eighth year in a row, Yukon is gonna need to win the championship. So this is how they break it down every year, at least this one group of nerds uh, that ESPN is connected with. So we'll see. UConn, still technically that team. And for me right now, Zay, that is the question for Saturday and for Monday. It's just not even, not win. Can anybody make it a game with UConn? I mean, they are blowing people's doors off right now. So can you just get them into a game? At half, 10 minutes to go in the ball game because they are thrashing people right now. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting, their matchup with Miami because we saw what the Hurricanes did against the Horns and they spread those guys out and they made it really difficult for Texas to stay in front of guys. Like all five guys could put the ball on the court except for really O'Meara, but we know when he goes out the game and Jordan Miller becomes that five, they're a completely different ball club. So if they go small in that five guard lineup against Sonogo and bring him out and he's not down there, you know, cluttering things up, they have a chance because we know they could get hot really fast. Nigel Pack, he's a flat-out shooter. Isaiah Wong's a dog. And then Jordan Miller, Mr. Perfect. When is he going to miss a shot next? I'm yeah. pretty sure UConn's right. going to make him miss a couple of shots. But uh-huh. Leitner 2.0. Yeah, yeah, right? But he's still going to be rolling in with that confidence for Jim Laranega's crew. You know, Chad, when we had Chip on yesterday, he mentioned that this is the championship game. I respectfully disagree with that. I think San Diego State 
would give Miami everything just because they're so deep playing nine guys. They're mm-hmm. so big. If we're not talking about Tramel, their point guard, and they're so physical, they could just wear you out. And they got guys, they don't really want to play anybody over 30 minutes. So guys stay fresh and they're able to wear you out. So the winner of the UConn and Miami game, which that FAU game, that's not going to be an easy one for San Diego State. But still, I think that if San Diego were to move on, I think UConn and Miami could wear themselves out a little bit, get into the national championship game, and that could benefit San Diego State being so big and physical and the fact that they're able to play so deep. That's a good way to look at it, too. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, they could absolutely, uh, they, if they play a physical war, then that's a little different. And uh, you're right about San Diego State. By the way, if I didn't say it on the air, you were talking about Creighton all the way back when they played Texas, that that shallow lineup that they have and how many minutes he wants to play them, San Diego State was such a bad matchup for them. Wasn't it? By the end of that game, the last eight minutes, those dudes in blue were dragging themselves around. And who? what's my man's name, the coach? What's the coach, the coach of that team? McDermott. Creighton McDermott, thank you. And McDermott had this look on his face like, yeah, it got us. It, it, it got us. It got us. Yeah, you were absolutely right to mention that. All right, so let me throw this stat out here before we round out the crap bag. Uh, Luca and Kyrie Irving. The stat is two All-Stars, All-Star teammates in season. This is since the NBA-ABA merger. These two are the worst combination ever in terms of winning percentage. They're at 308 winning percentage. Two dudes in the late 70s in Buffalo, how long ago it was, were at 340. Two dudes in the early 80s in Seattle, Paul Westfall and Jack Sigma, were at 361. Luca and Kyrie are at 308. When they both play, the Mavs are 4 and 9. So, Mavs fans, it's not just that it's bad. And we all kind of knew it could be bad when Kyrie Irving showed up. Zay, it's been historically bad. Yeah. According to some NBA numbers. That's terrible. Yeah, and it's bad off the court, too, because everybody on that franchise seems to have a bad attitude right now. Yeah. From Jason Kidd and his weird pressers. Like, he has a lot of Bayheim in him, just smugness. Yeah. And, like, man, these guys that's should a, know. That's a good comparison. That does kind of have that same feel. Yeah, just like these guys should know what to expect. They're pros, and like me. Here's like, the, I was a pro. Like, I was a Hall yeah. of Famer. Why don't they get it? I got it. Here's the other feeling I get. I have this as a, a Dallas a Cowboys fan, too. Maybe the Dallas area does this. I'm to that point. <laughs> I am to that point with the Mavs that I get with the Cowboys, that I was with the Cowboys in the Romo era, Jason Garrett era. I'm looking for somebody to get mad, and nobody's mad. For all weirdness you could talk about, do you sense anger with anybody? Does anybody truly seem mad? Kyrie is dismissive. Um, Luka's depressed. Jason Kidd is completely apathetic and disconnected. Mark Cuban is griping because he thinks the league's against him. But is anybody really mad at the basketball that's being played? Because I don't feel like I hear anybody getting mad about that. I would say it'd be Luca because that depression comes with the anger. Okay. We see the anger on the court where he's getting all these texts and cussing out teammates and stuff. And then off the court, it becomes the depression because now he's coming down. The adrenaline's not there. He's just like, oh. I got to get yeah. back to American living. I wish I was back home. I need some locker room anger from him. That's what I need. We need him to slap somebody? Not slap. Okay. Just get mad. 
get mad. Last night, you led at parts of that game. Philly beat you. Why? Because they make because they stop better than you do. They play defense better than you do. They do all the little details better than you do. Do something about it. Yeah, Mavs are in trouble right now. They're not even in the play-in. No. And it's not getting any better, in my opinion. They're hanging it's, at 11 right now, right? Right, right. Yeah. I just saw an article that said Luka might be one of the worst transition defenders of all time. Oh, God. I'm like, yo. That says a lot. It does say a lot. <laughs> that's casting a wide net, but yeah, he's not good. Like That's just hustle. Like Getting back on D, you miss a shot. Instead of bitching at the refs, you get back on D and help your teammates instead of it being a yep. five-on-four advantage. Absolutely. All right, there's your crap bag. We do it every day about 1245. Coming up, your 1 o'clock hour, Jeff Howe of Horns247.com. Texas football coming up on that spring game 16 days from now. His thoughts on the Texas football team and his thoughts on the end of the basketball season and Rodney Terry officially getting the gig. Plus, coming up in our flex segment, a big transfer in the 6A ranks. If you love your high school football in this area, you're going to want to be here at 1.30. Trust me, this is the horn.